Welcome to Wind Up Weekly. I'm Matthew Gorn. And I'm Katie Canfield. And we're here to share the week's news in wine. This week on Wind Up Weekly. International and regional wine trade shows have been postponed or cancelled in the wake of spreading coronavirus. But what will these cautionary efforts mean for wine business? Lambrusco runs through the taps in an Italian village. And as ever, our wine of the week. So Katie is currently in Lake Tahoe. For those of you that don't know, that is a beautiful area between California and Nevada in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And so Katie is enjoying the wonderful scenery there as well as the skiing. But she has managed, despite her lack of internet access, to contribute her thoughts on what has happened in the world of wine this week, including not only attending an event last Monday, but presenting at it. So what were your thoughts on that, Katie? So I participated in the Culinary Institute of America's fifth annual CIA Summit for Sommeliers and Beverage Professionals earlier this week. It was a pretty impressive and dynamic group of wine and beverage professionals, and I thought the program offered some interesting opportunities, such as Psalm Circuit, which is a blind tasting exercise where over 10 established sommeliers were asked to select a wine, brown bag it, and pour it for the attendees in a walk-around tasting setting. And at the end of the hour, everyone was invited back to the general theater where the pouring sommeliers revealed their wines. So I thought this was a really good exercise and thought it really encouraged people to participate and share their thoughts, which, as Matthew and I can attest with our own wine studies, is a great way to build confidence as a taster. So I was monitor for the peer-to-peer speed networking session at the end of the day, and as most of us in the events world can attest, it's hard to keep attendees engaged after 3 p.m., Still, there was a great turnout of speakers and attendees, and everyone got seven minutes to have a conversation with someone totally new. And then they rotated and did it again and again for about 10 rounds. And so I hope that some beneficial connections were made, but I overall thought it was a great event and would like to apply it to some of the things I do in the future, I think. I really like the idea of the event being as interactive as possible. I think that's really important, not just for not just for events, but for any um, kind of wine communication, making sure that the consumer or the attendee is as involved in the event as possible, that it's not just someone presenting information or presenting a wine. Everyone is tasting wine or thinking about wine or processing the information in their own way to make wine as interactive as and as engaging as possible. So I really like the sound of um, the blind tastings that um, happened in this event. Other than that, it's full steam ahead for Batinage Forum 2020. I'm pleased to announce that it's coming along nicely. We're getting ready to launch ticket sales next week, and it's quite timely, I thought, since International Women's Day was yesterday. So shout out to all the ladies in the wine industry and beyond. I hope to see you at Batinage in June. Now, on with the news. In recent weeks, there's been a tailspin of news regarding rescheduled dates and outright cancellations of wine trade fairs around the world. As we reported last week, ProVine was postponed from its original show dates next week, March 15th to 17th, and while some expected that it might be pushed back to later in the year, a few days ago, uh, the organizers Mess Dusseldorf revealed that ProVine will not return until next year. So new dates are March 21st to the 23rd of 2021. Verona Fiere, the organizers of Vanitaly, a massive trade show that takes place annually in Verona, Italy, 
have taken a less drastic approach and simply postponed the event from the usual April dates to June 14th to 17th. In the U.S., the Washington State Wine Commission also announced that the annual multi-day trade tasting event, Taste Washington, which was set to take place on March 19th to the 22nd, is also canceled. The announcement followed an outbreak of COVID-19, the illness caused by coronavirus, in the greater Seattle area. These, of course, are just a few of the countless wine events that have been canceled or postponed around the world, so it will be interesting to see how this affects the economics of the wine business. For many, these opportunities to do face-to-face meetings with new partners or simply touch base with existing customers and suppliers is a very important part of ongoing business practices. And that's not to say there aren't alternatives. For example, in light of Provine's cancellation, Portuguese wine producers have established Portugal Wine Week, a live-streamed two-day virtual trade event to help Portuguese wine producers present their wines to importers, sommeliers, and retailers around the world. The event is organized by online wine retailer Adega, under the stewardship of a good friend of mine, André Ribeirinho, who is a fierce champion of Portuguese wines and also runs successful events called Adega Wine Markets in Porto and Lisbon to promote Portuguese wine producers. Portugal Wine Week will take place during the original Provine dates, March 16th to 17th, and if you want to find out more, visit www.portugalwineweek.com. So I think what we're seeing and what we'll continue to see is that the current landscape presents a massive opportunity for going digital, from webinars to keep businesses connected and support ongoing commerce, to innovative online initiatives such as Portugal Wine Week, to ensure that new business continues to be generated. And just as a parallel, in Italy, football has had to be played behind closed doors, so no crowds and a very strange atmosphere with players who are used to playing in front of crowds um, playing without anyone watching them. So very unusual, very surreal scenes where football is, is so so much about the crowd and the atmosphere and just gives an idea of the sense of dislocation that this virus is causing. A few weeks ago on the pod, we reported on a leakage in California where Cabernet Sauvignon was leaked from a tank and poured accidentally into the Russian River in Sonoma County. And that caused a huge loss of wine, but also some environmental concerns. But something similar has happened in Italy, in the Emilia-Romagna region, where Lambrusco is produced. Lambrusco is a very famous and well-known style of sparkling red wine, although not always fashionable and not always of the highest quality. And a winery in the region suffered a technical fault in the bottling line, which caused wine to flow through taps in the houses of local residents. So instead of um, turning on the tap and getting some water, as one would expect, Lambrusco was flowing out of the taps. So a very unexpected surprise for local residents, though I have to say, I wouldn't really complain if Lambrusco was coming out of the tap instead of water. And the winery that caused this incident was Cantina Setecani, and they stated that the problem is very quickly resolved. And so it was a minor issue that local residents had to deal with very briefly. However, the local newspaper Gazeta de Modena reported that local residents did bottle as much as much of the Lambrusco as they could when it came out of the taps. So they were keen to take advantage of the wine, of the free wine that was coming out of the taps rather than the water. <laughs> Thank you.
And now for our wine of the week, which is Matthew. The wine of the week is by Pierre Pan, a very famous and high quality producer from Suave in Italy, in the Veneto region. And the particular wine that we chose is La Rocca, which is a vineyard on a hillside slope in Suave Classico. So Pierre Pan, a very important producer because they really helped uh, resurrect and confirm the reputation of Suave because like many Italian regions, Suave overexpanded in the 60s onwards beyond the hillside slopes into the plains which are quite fertile and where production is easy and so really high yields and a lowering of quality and so the reputation of Suave was really hurt but Pierre Pan concentrated on those hillside slopes in the Suave Classico zone and uh, are really at the forefront of encouraging and supporting the reputation of Suave. And so they are a producer very classically associated with the very best Suave, where you have that classically Italian roasted almond aroma. So this is, as I mentioned, from one of the best locations on the hillside slope uh, with elevation, which means cooler nights and also a nice sun exposure to, to get the grapes fully ripe. And so the wine is very fresh, very lively, but the richness to it as well, and a fruitiness to it. And there is a weight to this wine, which is quite unusual in Italy. Often it's about the freshness, the acidity, the liveliness of the wine, but this one had a, a real body and weight to it. So what do you think of it, Katie? So I tasted this wine blind in a decanter, and I couldn't get over how golden the wine was, with no overt oak flavors in the wine. Um, there was some slight oxidative notes, but nothing overwhelming. But anyway, the wine is absolutely gorgeous. On the nose, I could tell we were dealing with not a very aromatic variety. There was some green apple, but it was kind of the lazy character that really stood out, and, and that zesty acidity. So I went Loire Valley, Muscadet. Uh, I was wrong, of course, but that didn't change the fact that I really did love this wine. The deceptive world of Italian white wine. Cheers to that. So that's it for Wind Up Weekly this week. I'm Katie Canfield. I'm Matthew Gone. Join us next week for another Wind Up. And in the meantime, we ask that you please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that helps other listeners searching for the news in wine to find us. Especially if the reviews are positive. That's right. See you next week. Cheerio!